Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Oh, yes, living the dream once again on a fabulous college football Saturday. It is Hartman and Arrington, and we are coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on your car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Missed you last week, LeVar. I know it. I know it. But I'm here now, sir. You are indeed here today. Yes. Uh, which correct. is better than was said about many of the college football games. We're going to try to update everybody on who's playing and who's not playing. Yes. Uh, on this Saturday, LeVar. But we have some interesting games going on right now at the top. So Ohio State, which had their game last week against Maryland, canceled. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are struggling. Today yeah. against Indiana, Justin Fields, who basically has been perfect this year, uh, has already thrown two interceptions in this game. He's just three of seven passing. Um, Indiana hasn't shown much offense, although now all of a sudden Indiana is knocking on the door. They're at the four-yard line. It's 7 nothing Ohio State. Uh, Penix, who has started slowly, the Indiana quarterback, uh, suddenly has his team moving on this drive. So we're watching a second and goal right now at the four-yard line. Throws the end zone, and that is going to be touchdown Indiana. How about it? So they're an extra point away. So is this what we're watching this game? I guess a couple things. One, Ohio State really came out flat in this game. Or, I'm asking you, LeVar, is Indiana this good? Indiana is that good. Penix is a is a heck of a ball player. This team was actually pretty good last year. So coming into this year, I think a lot of people may have underestimated how good they could be or how good they may have really been. 
and now we're finding out. I mean, they're still undefeated. They've beaten some quality teams. I mean, at the time that they beat my team, beat Penn State, uh, everybody was 0-0, zero and zero, right? It's the start mm-hmm. of the season. It was excitement, and they pulled it out in, in a thrilling uh, questionable fashion. Nonetheless, they deserve to win that game. They played so well. So answer your question, Steve. They are a legit football team, and today could be a very, very, uh, you know, statement-driven day by by Indiana. Well, so far, Penix, I mean, we, we talk about I, – I, I talk about – I. I'm a little obsessed, as you know, with the Heisman. You know, talk about the candidates. Yep. Uh, Field's been my number one guy the last – couple weeks he will not be today because he didn't play last week i'm really going with guys that are playing games uh but right now Penix is out playing him today Penix is 9 of 18 134 yards a touchdown no picks fields is just three of seven 86 yards a touchdown with two picks mm-hmm. uh in this game so obviously we're going to keep our guy eyes on this ohio state indiana game another game that is uh a surprising early score. Florida, number six in the country, five and one on the season, on the road against winless Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. Winless. 0 yeah. 6 Vanderbilt. And Vanderbilt is leading this game right now 10 to 7. Uh, they're in the second quarter, about nine minutes to go in the half. So, you know, this this has just been I, I don't even know really a word to describe this college football season other than the fact that it is what it is. I mean, it's just, it's would just, be a great word. I mean, there are six more games today yeah. that were scheduled canceled. with top 25 teams that are either postponed and canceled, including number one Clemson who arrived at Florida state and they were, they were there. I mean, they're yes. ready to roll. And then one Clemson player test positive. They pack their bags. They're heading out of town. It's, it's tumultuous. I, I think there's a lot of, a lot of turbulence that is surrounding our country and and it's playing out in the microcosm of the the football and the sports world so you know it 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 to me you know a lot of questions surrounded the NBA finals as to what type of a uh, champion would with the crown team become this year, right, mm-hmm. Steve? It's yeah. like, ah, uh, it's not it's not a real championship. It's an asterisk championship because of COVID and the season was abbreviated and, and the disruption of the season. And the teams that were really good may not have come back and played as well as they could have based upon the circumstances. Well, to me, I look at this and I say, you are more of a champion if you're winning in these atmospheres and these circumstances, you got to have a different level of accountability. You have to have a different level of, of focus and attention to detail because of all of the uncertainties that are surrounding what's taking place for you. So to me, even though it's a tumultuous season that's taking place for this, this football season, you are still seeing where people are adapting and adjusting while others aren't, they're falling victim to the extra added circumstances that are, are have been created by COVID. So I, I think it's 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 very good to have this moment in time. I don't want it to become a norm, Steve, by any stretch of the imagination, but I like the fact that in our history we had a moment in time where as as a sports world, you had to actually come together and figure out the best approach within these these crazy crazy times of of covid so yeah i think it it evened the playing field a little bit for a lot of different teams 
I think it's given given people an opportunity in cases where some schools don't have a hundred thousand people showing up to watch them play, right? And and now you get an even playing field, and it's like okay, it's body to body now, it's man to man, it's a mano a mano, based upon the fact that. You don't have fans creating a, a unfair or different advantage for some of these powerhouse schools. Yeah, it's. I, I saw someone suggest uh, in an article that let's pull the plug on this college football season. I mean, yeah, and the ar- and the argument was is that by and this actually included the NFL as well, but the NFL at this point hasn't canceled any games. Uh, we probably are going to have a week 18 in the NFL because they're going to run out of buy dates that they can move gains back. But as far as college football, they're saying, well, it's sending the wrong message. Like for those that want to be hesitant in fully grasping the seriousness of this pandemic, they can cite college football saying, well, look, they're, the players are out there. There's full sidelines. There's even some fans in the stands um, you know, and 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 you can fall back on the only reason, the only reason we have any college football at all is money. I mean, of we course. had said, LeVar, back, you know, when we had no sports at all, when we were still speculating about any sports being played at all in 2020, that ultimately money would win out. And it did because you have television contracts. There's a lot on the line for these universities. And we could have seen the complete extinction of certain athletic departments if they were void of any football revenue. So we knew ultimately they were going to try to figure this out. I look at it different, though, because I'm going to I'm siding with you. The fact that they've done what they've done and you can't say they haven't erred on the side of caution Clemson is a perfect example today. Correct. One player, one player test positive for COVID-19. They call the game off. So they've, they've aired on caution. We got games canceled, postponed all over the place. They're going to finish this season. I don't know what we're going to see at the end, but as a college football fanatic, as you know, I am, and as you are that, yep. you know, we'll just take what we can and understand that they're doing everything they can. And this is, This is really a microcosm of what's going on in this country. We're trying to do our best to live our lives as well as we can in light of this pandemic. And that's exactly what we're seeing every Saturday with college football. Yeah, I mean, I think you put it very well. And I think everyone who is adapting and adjusting to to the given circumstances should be commended, are commendable, commendable people. And... You know, when you look at all of the people who may say there shouldn't have been a season because of the health concerns and, you know, bringing up the money issues, there are always going to be different sides and different thought processes are, you know, the game and the money is more important than the people. But, you know, with that being said, they still have to go out there and decide they want to play. They, you know, you could opt out, you know, people have opted out on playing, um, this is a decision that that people are given the opportunity to make. So once that decision is made, Steve, now you're talking about what are you going to do with the opportunity? And I think that in in a lot of regards, this will be maybe it, it will go down if I mean, I'm, I might be being bold here, but you got to imagine it's got to be a top five season in the history of college football. And and the reason being is because 
everybody has the same set of of crazy circumstances that they have to deal with and still prepare for games each week. I always say all these upsets that are taking place, everybody's like, oh, it's because of COVID. It's because of COVID. Well, doesn't the team that just kicked the crap out of the, the, the favorite have to deal with the same circumstances as as the, the team that was picked to win the game? So knowing that the conditions have created a, a more even playing field for some of these teams – has been interesting to see, and I think an eye-opener for not only the sports world, but it could be an eye-opener for future recruiting as well. It's like, well, I might go to this school. This school seems a little interesting. I wouldn't have thought it was as interesting as, as it is now, but I'm interested in it. So there could be a lot of different uh uh, products that emerge from what's taking place in college football and take it a step further, probably in college basketball as well, college sports as a whole. But but just looking at how it plays out on TV, Steve, you got to believe that that college football this year, it has to be a legendary year. Oh, it, it will go down in history and we will yeah. look back, you know, sit with our grandchildren someday and say, yeah, I remember back in 2020. What yeah. happened that year? How, how did that team only play five games? Uh, what went on on that year? But uh, it is a story being told, unfolding as we speak. We're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Remember the NBA screaming about all the money they lost because of the shortened season, the bubble, and everything else? Well, now the free agency is upon us. Doesn't look like anybody's losing out on any money. We're going to tell you how the economics of the NBA has been exposed in the last 24 hours coming up next i'm katia adler host of the global story over the last 25 years i've covered conflicts in the middle east political and economic crises in europe drug cartels in mexico now i'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it join me monday to friday to find out what's happening why and what it all means Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the south side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn. Alliances will shift and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash TheShot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. 
Justin Fields hands Master Teague running left side to the Indiana 40. Busts his way to the 35, to the 30, to the 20 goes Teague. To the 10, to the 5, and into the end zone, Master Teague on a 41-yard touchdown run. Paul Keels from Learfield IMG College, Master Teague. That's a name. Master, Master Teague. Teague. Exploding down the sidelines, Ohio State regains the lead 14-7 over Indiana. we got eight and a half minutes to go in the first half. Indiana the ball at their own 25-26 yard line. So, uh, Ohio State getting back on top. Fields is struggling, but the running game is going. And, by the way, Indiana has no running game. They actually have negative yards rushing uh, so far in this game. Um, LeVar Arrington, Steve yes. Harvey with you. We're coming Hello. to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. So, you know, the NBA, a lot of news. And by the way, before we even started with the free agency, I got I got to do a shout-out. Um, uh, Michael Thompson uh, was my radio partner for five years in Los Angeles. Nice. Uh, and so when Michael came to L.A. from Portland, uh, this, this is one of my favorite stories. So, we, we started together in the 03-04 season. That was the year, of course, the Lakers ended up losing uh, the NBA championship series to the Pistons in that upset when, you know, Shaq slashed here with the Lakers, Phil Jackson got fired, all hell was breaking loose with the Lakers. So Michael's family, uh, his three sons, Michael, his oldest, who played college basketball at Pepperdine, Clay, mm-hmm. and then the younger son, Trace, of course, played Major League Baseball. Um, he had his two younger boys because they were finishing school. It was June uh, back in 04. They were finishing in high school. And he flew on them to Detroit. And Clay was 14 and Trace was 13. So he got these kids and they fly to Detroit. And first time I had a chance to meet them. And we were going to take, we had an off day because we were in Detroit for like a week, LeVar, right? Because you know, it was mm-hmm. three games. And we had a Sunday off. So we we're going to take the boys. They'd flown out with their uncle to a Tigers game at Comerica. So we get to game day Sunday, and I come over, and Michael, the dad, says, you know, I, I'd rather stay in today. I'm like, what are you talking about? You just flew your boys out here, and you want me to take them to the game? Yeah, could you take them to the game? I'm like, are you cr- a fine Uncle, Uncle Steve. Uncle Steve will take him to the game. So sure. I take him to the game. I pay for everything, you know. It was sure. no freebies, right? Well, they're supposed to. Yeah, exactly. Right. So um, anyway, we go years later, and uh, it was right after uh, Clay had signed his first big deal. I think it was like a $60 million deal, whatever it was, with the Warriors. Warriors mm-hmm. were in L.A. to play the Lakers, and I'm doing my TV work uh, at Staples Center. And I see the whole uh, Thompson family after the game. And I said, uh, you know, Clay, now that you've got that, and he's like Mr. Hartman, he's called. It always weirds me out when I hear Mr. Hartman. Anyway, um, I said, now that you've signed the $60 million deal, you think I could get you to pay me back for that Tiger game uh, back when you were 14 years old? Since your cheap-ass dad will pay me for the fact you treat him. Um, it's a tremendous family. I've known yeah. Clay, again, since he was 14 years old. I'm thoughts devastated. And I yeah, mean, thoughts and prayers. I mean, I mean, you know injuries, LeVar. I mean, he comes off the ACL. Our buddy here, Katino Mobley, had been playing with Clay over the last several months. I was getting weekly updates from Cap. Mobley about, you know, how's Clay? Oh, he looks great. He's going to be 100%. And then he blows the Achilles. And the Achilles is a devastating injury for oh, any athlete. End it back for a basketball. It's just, you know, I can only think of one NBA player who in his prime uh, had a Achilles that came back anywhere near where he was before. And that was Dominic Wilkins way back mm. in the day. 
but this is going to be tough to sit out two full years. Um, and, of course, he signed that huge contract. I mean, he's got $150 million guaranteed over the next four years. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, my thoughts are with Clay and the Thompson Indeed. family. Yeah, great. I mean, great family. I mean, and Michael Thompson led the way. I mean, if people don't – if that name doesn't ring a bell as soon as you hear it, uh, just do some Googling. I oh, mean, yeah. He, he was a heck of a, a – you would consider a role player because of how big the names were that were around him on that team. But, man, and Clay, Clay found himself kind of in the same type of situation as his dad, which mm-hmm. is pretty interesting. And, you know, man, I, take it from somebody who, like I said – uh, an Achilles injury ended my career. I decided I did not want to play anymore after feeling the pain mm. of what that Achilles heel injury, that, that blow felt like. Um, uh, but, it, you know, I will say this. Technology has improved so much. Oh, yeah. The the, the approaches and the techniques to, to correct and, and heal people has gone so far. So it'll come down to a lot of hard work. Uh, a lot of painful moments. He'll have to get through a lot of that scar tissue and a, a lot of stretching to make sure that he can, you know, elongate that that whatever if they use a cadaver, um, you know, part of a cadaver to repair it or or whatever it is they do to reconnect it. However, they do it, but it's going to be a long, long, painful process. That Achilles heel injury mm. is not it. That rupture is not a game. Yeah, it's not all. a game. So uh, our best to him. All right, yeah. I want to get to the uh, economics of the NBA. So mm-hmm. they announced that they lost about $1.5 billion in revenue, about a 10% decrease in revenue uh, this past season. Now, remember, 75 80% of the season had already been played before the shutdown with full arenas and everything else. And then they were off, and then they created the bubble and finished out the season. So we go to start this season, which, by the way, camp opens in less than two weeks as we got free agency underway. And I think people are taken back by all this money. Like De'Aaron Fox gets a Supermax deal with the Kings, five years, $163 million. You have Gordon Hayward walking out on a guaranteed $34 million. How about James Harden? James Harden, Turning down a two-year one hundred and three million dollar extension with the Rocket. That that would be hard money, wouldn't it? To say, nah, come on. I mean, let's get serious here. What are you offering well, me? Fifty million a year? Don't embarrass me with that offer. I want to go elsewhere. Oh, uh, wow. I mean, that's 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 unbelievable. But what we're finding out is, and apparently they did a little revision with the collective bargaining agreement, but they're still guaranteed, regardless of how many fans show up, any lost revenue. We know we're going to see empty arenas for much of the upcoming NBA season. That's correct. That the players have agreed and the league has agreed to an increase in the salary cap over the next several years through the end of the current collective bargaining agreement. So we always hear owners screaming poverty, but as we're finding out in the NBA, that is far from the truth. Well, (laughs) I'll say this. Most most owners, if you look at their portfolio, their sports team is not their means of income. Right. It's it's either a passion of a family heirloom of sorts, a, you know, family business uh, or or a hobby. Uh, you know, most of them made their fortunes in, in other other businesses. So when they claim that whole, you know, poverty stricken and, and not not able to uh 
pay these players more or raise the the cap or raise the percentage of of split with you know the the TV contracts it generally is them trying to maintain a a very very strict approach to their their business you know their, their what their their top of the line their their P N L's you know they're, they're it's not it's poverty in the sense that they don't want to go below a certain percentage of profit and and that's just what any business person in the business world will say and what they'll live by Steve so to me I understand it and I get it just because we're looking at it from uh, an angle of man we're talking billions of dollars here well when you get into breaking it down. And and what the what the cost, the line items of the cost that go into it and what you're left with at the end of it, you know, it's a certain it's a certain percentage you want to be at. And if it's below that, then then you start to get into the conversations of is it worth it? You know, and and, and how bad is it hitting you in terms of what what you're putting away, having this as as one of your businesses? Yeah. I mean, if you if you want to. Think about this. There are, what, about 400 to 450 players total in the NBA, and that includes guys just, you know, sitting at the end of the bench. Mm -hmm. There are 50-plus players that are set to get a paycheck this year in tune of $20 million or more. It's a lot of money. That's one out of nine. Really more like one out of eight yeah. uh, players in this league will make a base salary of at least – $20 million uh, in the upcoming season. So the NBA is doing fine. I know like the Golden State Warriors were hoping to get about 50% 50 per, uh, 50 capacity in their arena. The city of San Francisco laughed in their face, said that's not going to happen. Uh, they were willing to put up $30 million. In fact, I wanted to get on to the other side because, you know, we're almost to the NBA season, and I know we got plenty of college football. By the way, Ohio State has just scored again. They're now up 20-7. to 7. Florida's taking the lead over uh, Vanderbilt. Uh, but just the, how how the NBA is going to navigate this upcoming season. But right now, let's find out what's trending. We're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios as we welcome Mr. David Gascon. Breaking news from Hey, Fox What happened? We got breaking news. Sounds Sounds really excited for yeah. uh, a Saturday morning, guys. Uh, happy to be here. Gordon Hayward, guys, four years and $120 million wow. in Charlotte. That is unbelievable. So he had <laughs> a guaranteed $34 million deal for this next season. $34 yeah. million guaranteed. And it wasn't what they scrubbed organization. Right. And he laughed at that, yeah. walked away. And this guy missed, remember that injury he had? Yeah. The dislocated ankle and uh, so he's going to get $30 million a year over four years. Not bad. Sheesh. Not bad. Not bad. No. For Gordon Hayward. Okay. Wow. It's a lot, a lot of money. <laughs> That's a couple a couple clams, a couple coins. Man. I, yeah. Can, can, I get, can I get a drink at the bar on you? <laughs> I mean, imagine those paychecks. Those are those are good-looking paychecks. All right, what else is happening yeah, out there? Direct deposit, sign me up. Mm -hmm. uh, guys, Ohio State's return to form. Uh, they just drove down the field and scored again. Back-to-back -to -back touchdowns for them, 21-7 over Indiana. There's 4.32 to play in the first half. It's on Fox and also Fox Sports Go app. Florida has recaptured the lead on Vanderbilt. They lead 17-10, not recaptured. It's their first lead of the ballgame. Kyle Trask, 14-19 for 192 and also two touchdowns. Appalachian State leads 15th-ranked Coastal Carolina 
10-9 as the score. Coastal Carolina is 7-0, but App State is 6-1 out of the Sun Belt Conference. Memphis 20-7 over Stephen F. Austin. And the East Carolina and Temple game resumed. It's 7-0. East Carolina has this one. LSU just scored a touchdown. They lead 17-7 over Arkansas. Arkansas is down right now near the goal line of LSU. Tigers so far this season sit at 2-3. Guys, quickly back to the NBA. Uh, Fred Van Fleet has reportedly agreed to a deal with the Toronto Raptors. Four years and $85 million. Bobby Portis has agreed to a two-year deal with the Milwaukee Bucks. Guys, back to you. All right. Yeah, I mean, Van Fleet, a supporting player for the Raptors. Four years, $85 million. So, yeah, um, money's good in the NBA because they have this cap and they have to spend the money. That's the whole point. You have to spend the money. And so a lot of guys you you would never dream would make huge money. Like Jordan Clarkson. Jordan Clarkson just got a – let me see his deal here. Four years, $52 million, uh, with the Utah Jazz. Not bad for Jordan Clarkson. Mm. Uh-uh. Yeah. Make it in. <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable. All right. Hey, we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to Geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. So, LeVar, I want to get your thoughts here. The uh, Golden State Warriors had a proposal that was shot down. But their idea was we could play with 50% capacity. Now, remember, they finally opened that new arena last year, and they basically had a D-League team on the court. So there were empty seats. Um, they were obviously expecting a big bounce-back year, but without Klay Thompson, that uh, remains to be seen. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were saying this. All right, here's how we're going to do this 50% capacity. We're going to spend $30 million to test every individual as they're coming into the arena. So that means fans, personnel, anyone that's entering the arena on a game night. So you figure 72-game schedule, that's 36 games. All right, so for 36 games, they're going to spend $30 million to get everybody tested that walks into that arena uh, and that was thrown out. Um, what would it take for you to, let's say, bring a family member to an indoor arena to watch an NBA game? What what would have to happen for you to say, yeah, I'm I'm ready to do that? Oh, <sighs> you know, we go out to eat. Sure. So it wouldn't be too much too much different for. For going to a game, I, I I just would want to make sure that the social distancing situation was what it was supposed to be. Right, I wouldn't want to be sitting up on top of one another and mm. in, in, in an environment not in football, not in basketball. So I don't I don't think that I would not go like oh it's COVID 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 COVID. Um, in fact, I I would go. And matter of fact, later on today, I have a volleyball tournament I have to, to go to. So we're we're pretty active. So I don't think it would take much. And I think when you talk about throwing out a figure of $30 million to do this and you're putting forth resources to make sure people are safe, I think that's more for the optics, Steve, than it is for the actual 
the actual premise of what they're stating it about. Right. Meaning, well, they knew right? it was going to yeah. sh- get shot down. We're in California. Right. Okay. So well, that, but, it's not going to happen. But also with that being said, it it sounds good even if sure. it gets shot down, right? If it gets passed, it's like, oh, they're putting resources behind making sure that people are safe. If it gets if it if it you know, if it doesn't make it through and, you know, it's like, well, Golden State cares more than the other teams. They they care about the health and the welfare of their personnel and of their their players and of their fans. So, I mean, I thought it was a good move on their part to to put it out there, an act of goodwill, um, so to speak. But I think that that's what it's more about versus the the idea of what the the money itself is is being invested into it yeah you know around the nfl there aren't a lot of teams that have had fans one of the teams that has had fans are the chiefs at arrowhead they've been bringing in about thirteen thousand fans per game and this well, week because covid can't survive in kansas city uh know? well there's a it, major outbreak in fact they have new restrictions oh. in the city announced this oh. week yeah oh uh, I was cancer. just joking. Anyway. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> uh, you know, I was just going to say, get so the weather. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going to say the weather's so bad in Kansas City. Why would COVID want to go live there? But exactly. You know, well, I guess I guess I was wrong for even joking. Well, I that. no, it's not a matter of joking. I mean, you're right about that in mm. Kansas City. But uh, yeah, how about this? So they have they have their suites open okay. at Arrowhead. Uh, but they have to do all kinds of extra testing and be cleared ahead of time and everything else. Um, so, I mean, look, again, everyone has got to make their own choice, right? I mean, this varies from state to state. Uh, you know, we have a new president-elect. Uh, is anything going to change one way or the other? I don't know. Uh, so far, nothing seems to be changing. Um, everyone seems to be sort of setting their own rules as we go. And it's true in college football. It's going to be true in the NBA. Uh, and it's true uh, in the NFL. By the way, Indiana, after giving up back-to-back touchdowns, had gotten the ball inside the 10-yard line. Turned it over. But the receiver, did he trip over the official? How did the official get caught up in the mess? Yeah, he. you know, officials aren't known for their athleticism. No. So, but they're considered to be a part of the field. So the buddy had to, you know, the receiver needed to hold on to the ball. But – it definitely was a distraction for him. Yeah. Um, in the in the course of the play. And the official review was definitely a fumble. There was no question about that. It so it could Steve, be bobble. Yes. He could have been bobbling it. Uh, you know. The referee know. had to be helped off. He was limping off the field. He had to go to the trainer's table for little treatment. Well, you have they, a couple of football on players. That toe. Yeah. Yeah. They landed on him. I mean, he's he's not going anywhere. Uh, so Ohio State gets the ball back. Twenty-one-seven. Buckeyes leading this game. 3-11 to go in the first half. So they have reasserted themselves. So, yeah, I mean, again, everyone has all these thoughts about, you know, you shouldn't do this, you can't do that, you can do this, you can't do that. Look, it's, we're making this up as we go, right? I mean, it's, from the get-go, we basically have been changing the rules. The doctors you have differing ideas on this entire thing. So we're just going to – we're going to make the best of anything that we have thrown out there for us. Uh, I've been putting off um, – the game later today between your Nittany Lions and Sam's Iowa Hawkeyes. Um, last Sunday, 
uh, your fellow uh, Nittany Lion, Rich Ormberger, was sitting here. And Iowa Sam was begging him to make a bet. I mean, he wanted a bet on the game. Did By the I way, that? <laughs> Iowa, oh yeah, you were betting the bank. Iowa is a slight favorite on the road. Not anymore. Slight. What happened? Now, Penn they, State's the favorite. What happened? Are they? Yeah, what? it went from about two and a half points earlier this week. Now, Penn State's a one and a half point favorite. So money is pouring yes. in. That's yes. a lot. Of, that's a big switch because. LeVar the whole knows. week, Iowa was favored. So what, what's happening there, LeVar? Is, LeVar knows they got their backs against the wall, right? Is that smart money to uh, put it on the 0-4 Nittany Lions at home against Iowa today? Oh, uh, uh, oh pain. Maybe. Mm. Maybe. Maybe. No, it's not know. a maybe. I would not. That's not smart money today. You don't think so? No, that's not smart money. You think they're going to open 0-5 for the first time in program history? I I really I really because I don't know why they're losing. Right, like you got to keep in mind they went to to Lincoln and were getting throttled. Yeah, I but don't, statistically they did do well in that game. They just it just didn't show up on the scoreboard. They turned it over a couple no, times. No, I think statistically it actually hides how bad they have been playing. Well, let's look at it this way: they have given up thirty six, thirty eight, thirty five, and thirty points in their four games. You see a pattern there? I do. Uh, and offensively, well, you're the, you're the one that told me they need to fire their entire offensive coaching staff. I did not say that. You did not say that? I thought I, but, I but for I, sure I, heard that, that coming was, out of your that mouth. Might, that might have been uh, Rich. That wasn't me. <laughs> no, I think LeVar, you were, you were Did I say upset. fire him? I yeah. might have been LeVar, upset. LeVar, let me run a few things past you real quick. I 30 first downs here. for Penn State, 30 first downs as opposed to 17 for Nebraska last week. They had 501 total yards. Mm-hmm. I yeah, mean, they can but, move the but ball. how many times? No, no, hold on. How 501 How many yards. times did <laughs> the quarterback Nebraska. run the ball? I'll look that up. Like, look that one up. Yeah. That's and then they put in the other kid and then he started running. It's just Levis. it's it's not. So a, they both averaged about three point two to three point four yards a carry. No, forget the yards well, per they, carry. Together How many it was about times? Eighty. Oh, uh, twenty four times for eighty yards. Yeah, that's not twenty four times the quarterbacks ran the ball. Mm-hmm. Well, that includes yards. being sacked. I mean, and I'll rest my I'll rest my case. Yeah. 24 times? Mm-hmm. I don't care including sacks. And they are giving 24. up a lot of sacks, too. Because they're trying to run mm-hmm. all the time. Everybody's bringing the house, throwing the kitchen sink at this offense because they're not, they're running the same place. <laughs> oh, man. You, you don't sound I would confident. not take that. No, you, you, I would you, not. You're not confident today. I'm not. How about you? Are you going to uh, bet the bank on your Hawkeyes now as a dog <laughs> on the road? I guess a with, winless team. I'm with LeVar. I'm not confident in Iowa wow. either. I think it's going to be a battle. I All think right. it's going to come down about a field goal. Well, it only comes down to one person here because he's the only guy that actually puts up and then shuts up. And I'm talking about Gavin because he bets on oh. everything. So, are, are you, what, what way are you leaning on that game? On the Iowa game? Yeah. I'm, now that I'm Penn State away. is a slight favorite. I, I'm just going to enjoy that game. I, I get kind of freaked <laughs> out when lines move that much. I'm, I'm weirded out by the New Orleans Saints. You know, mm. they opened at five and oh, a half favorites. It's amazing. You literally are reading my mind. Mm. All right, we're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. The Saints made a decision yesterday that has absolutely blown my mind. We'll explain why coming up next. <laughs> Fields going to sling it, rolls away from a defender, running to the left of the 15, Fields to the 10, Fields to the 5, leaps and lands in the end zone for a touchdown. Justin Fields on a nine-yard run. Paul Keels from Learfield IMG College. So just like that, when we were talking about, boy, Indiana, are they for real? 
Uh, Ohio State's for real. 28-7 to halftime. Buckeyes now blowing out Indiana. Uh, of course, Ohio State with a limited schedule last week. Their game against Maryland was canceled. Um, so they're only going to have, what, seven games, six, seven games on their schedule uh, trying to uh, entice people to put them in the playoff. They sure will because, well, they're Ohio State. Um, oh, by the way, this was unbelievable this week here at LeVar. By the way, LeVar Arrington, Steve Hartman with you here on this yeah. uh, fabulous Saturday. Fabulous. So the New Orleans Saints are going to be without Drew Brees for at least three weeks. At least three weeks. And remember last year, Teddy Bridgewater jumped in. They didn't miss a beat. In fact, Teddy Bridgewater was so impressive that he ends up getting that deal down in Carolina. So uh, it worked out. So remember, during the offseason, they signed Jameis Winston, just basically minimum. This is a Jameis Winston, by the way, who last year led the NFL in passing yards and was second in touchdowns. Threw a ton of interceptions, 30, 30 interceptions. That's crazy numbers. So they announced this week that it would not be Jameis Winston who would start a quarterback. It would be Taysom Hill. Now, this, before we get into that whole dynamic, this is what Sean Payton, Saints coach, said when asked about why the decision was made to start Taysom Hill. I haven't announced that either one of those two were starting. So that was just leaked by someone else, I guess, today? I didn't see today or what you're talking about. Oh, it was, it was just a headline on ESPN that Taysom was, was going to start. Yeah, I didn't see that. And, and again, uh, you know, we've had a good week of preparation, and uh, we're looking forward to the game. Just to clarify, so no, no one has been named the starter? Yeah, listen, th- someone has been named the starter, but uh, we haven't <laughs> announced it. <laughs> okay. All right. So, Levar, let me ask you this. All right. So, Taysom Hill, uh, who, by the way, did sign an extension with the Saints for a little over $10 million a year. He basically is a wildcat guy is what he does. I mean, he does a variety of things. The one thing he doesn't do is throw the ball. In three years in New Orleans, he's actually been there for the first year. He was only called up for special teams at the end of the year. But in three years, his total passing numbers are this. 10 of 18, zero touchdowns. That's his but, career but in the NFL. Throw. 10 of 18, zero touchdowns. So unless the Saints are completely changing their offense, and by the way, Michael Thomas couldn't be all that happy about that, but unless they completely change in their offense, does it make any sense for them to start Taysom Hill over Jameis Winston? He can throw the ball. People may not know that, but he can throw the ball. He's just not had to because he's fit into the offense the way that they fit him into it. But he can throw the ball. This conversation, look, I had this conversation on Speak for Yourself this week with with Marcellus and Nacho. Yep. And it's really just – it just comes down to the finances of it, in my opinion. And I, I think that if you look at it, you, you mentioned it, the amount of money that, that Taysom Hill is getting paid to, to be the backup, one of the backups on this team – uh, is significant mm-hmm. and much more significant in in number and cap implications versus Jameis Winston. Another point, another point to look at as it applies to the finances of it. You brought up Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater gets the opportunity to go in. He he does an amazing job in Drew Brees' absence, and his price tag went so far up through the roof that that. 
people had the opportunity to poach him away from New Orleans. They weren't planning on getting rid of Teddy Bridgewater. I could guarantee you they were planning on making him, transitioning him into the next starting quarterback for that team. But because of the success that he had in one of those short-term contracts, it didn't allow for them to be able to do that. There could be a little bit of posturing taking place in this situation with Jameis Winston. All right, so Taysom Hill will or will – I mean, it really shouldn't matter, right? I mean, the Saints are home against Atlanta, the struggling Falcons this year. But, I mean, it's an important game for the Saints. I mean, right now, you know, coming off the uh, big win against Tampa, I mean, they want to keep this momentum going uh, as they have regained the lead in their division at 7-2 and two over the 7-3 bucks. So, um, it, you know, interesting times. I, when you say Taysom Hill can throw the ball, look, he played five years at BYU. One year was a, a single game because of an injury. I mean, his passing numbers were pedestrian. I mean, they weren't, they were less than 60% passing, you know, almost as many interceptions as touchdowns. Um, but when you look at that Saints offense, how well do you actually have to throw the football? Uh, well, I mean, you're, you have the most accurate Alvin passer Kamara, ever. Yeah, but having Kamara just gives you a whole lot of mm, options. Yeah. So you don't have to go deep down the field, you keep it right in front of them like a, a shooter keep the rim right in front of them, and then you'll be okay. They have a good enough playbook where they can do that. All right, we're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. we got much more on a very, very busy day in college football, even with canceled games, coming up next. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com/theshy to get a fifty percent discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July fourteenth. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. All right, rolling along on this big Saturday. We're coming in live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on your car insurance. Visit geico.com 
for a free rate quote. All right, so it's another weekend of college football with several canceled games. Six top 25 teams scheduled today will not be playing today. The the latest was this Clemson game against Florida State. This was last second. I mean, they're ready to roll. Three hours before kickoff, somebody on the Clemson team tested positive, one of the players, and so there will be no game. By the way, that's probably a sigh of relief for Florida State. Um, They are... Beyond bad. Uh, they are two and six this year. Garbage. Uh, they made the coaching change, but the Better damage had us. already been done by Taggart. Um, and now the guy's trying to pick up the pieces. Um, I mean, did you ever think Florida State was going to get to this point? I mean, they're not just two and like they're getting blown out of games. I mean, just absolutely boat raced week after week. How does that happen to a program like Florida State? You think about even after their tremendous run, they had four. Imagine this: under Bobby Bowden, at one point they had fourteen consecutive seasons where they finished ranked in the top five final AP poll. Fourteen straight years. That'll never be done. Never been done before. Will never be done again. All right. So that's post bowl five. Fourteen straight years, top five. then, then of course, Jimbo Fisher was able to to bring him back. They won another national championship with Jameis Winston. They followed that up with an undefeated regular season. They got blown out by Oregon in the playoffs. But but how does a program like Florida State that has that kind of success for as long as they did find themselves where they are right now? It's it's quite simple, if you ask me. I mean, when you think about what goes into getting the type of athletes you have to get to restock and replenish the cupboards at those top schools, those power five schools, it has tremendously changed in terms of the landscape of, of the personalities of these talented young men Mm -hmm. and, and what it takes to get them not only to come to your school, but want to stay there and want to perform. And if you're not the type of coach that can understand, culturally speaking, how to deal with those type of high-end athletes, they're going to fizzle out. They're not going to develop. They'll be malcontents. They'll they'll be transfer portal guys. They will be uh, under underachievers. And you see it happen so much. Now, it's always happened in the history of the game where top four-star, five-star, three-star guys don't prove out. They end up going to a different school, smaller, smaller in stature, smaller in size, smaller in conference, uh, and they're able to get their feet under them and have uh, a career like they much wanted at the school they started at. But, but Steve, I, I got to be honest with you. It's more about the ability to manage these young men and their families off the field than it is what's taking place on the field. It's less about X's and O's anymore. It's more about being able to manage them as as human beings. And, and you can't have a coach like a Joe Paterno style of coach in today's football culture because they'll leave. You know, and that's what coaches are trying to figure out. Old school principles, beliefs, styles of coaching, ways of handling things is obsolete now. 
You can't force them to, to cut their hair, take their earrings out, only can have a mustache on the top of your lip, like all of these rules, some of them military-based type of rules. You can't do it. You, can't, you cannot control the growth and the development in almost a dictatorship role like you once were able to do. And I think Florida State is one of those schools where – you know, you teetered the line. Bobby Bowden allowed those guys to be who they were. They had personality, but they were far from as loose in terms of a type of structured team as, you know, a Miami or even back then a Florida uh, under uh, under Steve Spurrier and, and Miami under Butch Davis or Croker or, those, you know, during those times uh, back in the 90s and, and the early 2000s. So, I just think that that's what you're seeing right now is that there's no there's not a real cracking of the code of how to use the talent that you're bringing into your school. Yeah, it's it's and and again, you you played obviously for one of the greatest legends of all time and Joe Paterno who had been there since the beginning of time, much like Bobby Bowden at Florida State. Um, but then all of a sudden, I mean, let's go back to the Taggart situation of Florida State because the fact was when Jimbo Fisher left, the wheels were already coming off. Now, he had had that great run, but remember his last year, and he resigned before the last game, they were sitting there at 5-6. and six. So something was happening already trending in the negative direction when he jumped on that A&M deal. So Taggart comes in. And he's he's making all these promises. And, you know, he had history. He had coached at South Florida. He knew Florida recruiting, one of the big reasons that he was brought in after that one year at Oregon. But it was obvious from the get-go that the cover was bare. I mean, he just did not have the kind of talent. And so they they blow him out after, you know, two years. Now you bring in Norville, who, you know, had good success at Memphis. Um, but he's sitting at 2-6 and six right now. And you, you wonder – they got to be patient because if you start playing that game of, you know, firing coaches every two years or something like that, and, and I saw it with my UCLA basketball program over the years, yep. if you're constantly turning coaches over, yep. when you're when you're hitting that recruiting trail and you're sitting there trying to make the case that, hey, we're the best program for your son, and, you know, the family's looking at you like, yeah, but is your coach going to be there next year? Are you going to be here next year, the year after that? Seems to be a revolving door. That kind of instability can really kill you on the recruiting trail, especially in a state of Florida where the yeah, recruiting wars are so fierce yeah. for that talent. And now you've got other Florida schools like Central Florida, South Florida, yeah. Florida Atlantic, Florida Internet. I mean, they're they're getting recruits away from schools like Florida State. So, you know, my, my advice to the Seminoles was give this normal guy a chance. I mean, it doesn't look good now, but, you know, you, you, this is like three or four years to try to rebuild this thing, if they can, in Tallahassee. Yeah, I think you're spot on. You're, not, you're never going to find out if a coach has a true opportunity or a true ability to change the fortunes of the team. Uh, I mean, Jimbo Fisher came in and did a well of a job. Yep. As a coach there, they haven't seen success since he's left. Uh, but again, it takes uh, you got to keep in mind. I mean, you take a team that built the culture and the, the mindset that Bobby Bowden put into them for so many years and then that's gone. And then you get somebody who's actually able to come in and really, really um, take it and, and, and 
nurture it and grow it and understand it in Jimbo. Um, Who know, had been like, in the program for three years. Remember, yeah, he was the head yeah. coach in waiting. Batum wasn't happy about that, but at least he had been in the program for three years. You're going to need somebody to build the culture, mm. the cultural foundations to be able to see if that cultural foundation can thrive or not. And it, like you said, it's going to take it's going to take time. Mm. It's going to take time because you got to get your guys in. The guys that were already there, a lot of times there's more ownership um, taken by older guys that have to deal with new head coaches than what people would ever imagine. Um, So then you're coming in fighting a battle, unless you have a really good group of guys, you're coming in fighting a battle where people will be resistant to your, your leadership um, they will question what your values are of what and principles that you're building your your program off of. They will have trepidation towards you because they think that you're not one of their guys. We're not guys to one another. You're just a new coach, and you'll try to phase me out to bring your guys in, which is the right way of looking at it because nobody wants to 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 deal with the wins and loss accountability of somebody else's guys being the reason why you're winning and losing. But that's what coaches take on. That's the responsibilities they take on when they take over these programs. When you take over a high-end program like a Florida State who has the team littered with three- and four-star and some five-star recruits that are on the roster, you're expected to win immediately. You're not given a grace period of time to be able to try to figure it out and build it out. But, again, coming back to the original point, Steve, you're definitely correct. you got to give a guy in those type of, of programs – even if it appears that unless they just do some just crazy egregious type stuff, like some of the things that we saw Chip Kelly mm-hmm. may have do could have could have led to him not being the the coach and being dismissed, but you saw them stay in there. Now, some will say it's based upon how much he's being paid, and that could very well be the truth. But no matter what, you made that financial, that, that economic uh, decision for a reason. So you got to give it an opportunity to play out. All right. The very first college football playoff rankings are coming out this week. Um, and there shouldn't be a surprise week one, but that doesn't guarantee there won't be some surprises down the road. We're going to tell you why this college football playoff this year could look a lot different than it has in the past. Coming up next. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, 
elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to point game. King of the court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime Annual Plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Builds with the ball in his hands. Looks to throw. Tosses into the end zone. Wilson's got it for the score. Nine-yard pass play. Justin Fields to Garrett Wilson. The second time they've hooked up for a passing TD. Paul Keels from Learfield IMG College. So a game that looked early like, wow. This one could come down to the wire. It's like over 35 to 7. Ohio State now leading early in the second half. After a slow start, Justin Fields has picked up steam. 15 of 21, 256, two touchdowns. He threw two interceptions in the first half, his first interceptions of the year. By the way, Garrett Wilson, who was the uh, number one high school player two years ago coming into the country uh, around the nation, six catches, 142 yards. And uh, two touchdowns. Although Indiana has just scored. Indiana has just scored. So they get at least one back. But still, 35-13, pending the extra point. Um, you know, we, we talk about this Ohio State team and where they fit in with their late start, LeVar. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously pretty good. I mean, they're absolutely loaded, uh, as they always are. And if you look at the college football rankings, right now you've got Alabama, Notre Dame, and Ohio State. Notre Dame, obviously, based on their victory against Clemson. Those three teams look, if they run the table, obviously, they're going to be in. The big question is, what's going to happen with the fourth team? Because we are most likely going to have a rematch of Notre Dame and Clemson. Mm -hmm. And let me ask you this. If Notre Dame beats Clemson again and Clemson is sitting there with two losses, can you see any way that an undefeated Cincinnati or an undefeated BYU could find their way into the playoff? Possible, but highly unlikely. Mm. There will be a more there will be a more suitable candidate i mean you got to throw in there ohio state well no i have ohio state oh so you have Al- ohio state okay. alabama Oh-ha- notre alabama, dame ohio notre state dame. those are the three that are in assuming they all run the table okay and they're you're in saying if clemson were if clemson to lose-, lose to notre dame again they would have two losses then you look at a&m and florida they both have one loss but most likely they're going to have a second loss so if you had 
just leave Alabama, Notre Dame, is, and Ohio State's out of the picture. They all go undefeated. They're automatically in. But if you have a two-loss Clemson, two-loss A&M, two-loss Florida, and then you have an undefeated Cincinnati or an undefeated BYU. I don't think you have a choice but to put one of those two teams. Don't in. you think? And I and I put it this way because they're always getting grief, you know, from these group of five conferences that there's no way they even have an avenue to get into the playoff in this crazy season wouldn't that be a golden opportunity to say, no, there you go. Remember 2020 BYU Cincinnati, they got into the playoff. Um, it's, it's, I mean, because if you were to pick, let's say, a two-loss Clemson over an undefeated Cincinnati or BYU, I, I'm not saying it won't happen because you ah, it's still Clemson and everything else. But, I mean, at some point, don't you have to sort of, you know, give some, you know, credibility to the playoff that at least – this group of five has some path to get there? I, I think the problem people will run into is as this as the season wears on, mm-hmm. you will look at a more one a more favorably a one loss team versus a an undefeated team. Right. So Cincinnati, BYU, you will actually look at and, and it's crazy because they're in some polls most polls, Cincinnati and BYU are rated higher than some undefeated teams, some mm-hmm. one-loss teams as as we move forward. If they were to stay undefeated, I don't know if they could hold off one win team or one-loss teams. You know, like would it be more attractive to put Cincinnati, BYU in over a, a Wisconsin that right. hasn't played an, enough games? I mean, they're ranked 10th, but they only have played two games. Well, you have this big game you know? today. You have the Battle of Unbeatens. you got Northwestern and Wisconsin playing right. each other today. There you go, right? Then you have Oregon that hasn't played a lot. They and USC is 2-0. and And USC. So, they're just, to me, I mm-hmm. think there are going to be teams that if they go through this season undefeated. Now, I will say this. I will say this, Steve, and this provides an interesting caveat, is that Fans are not going to be at these games. Yeah. So generally speaking, the the two major reasons why you choose the teams that you choose is one, they have a deal with, with your so let's make it three. But it's it's TV viewership, but some of these schools have deals with these the, the major coverage arm of, yeah. of the playoff. That's one, right? We've already Absolutely. gone over that in, in past shows. Um, so that's one and two. And then the third one being that if the team travels well, you know, you'll take a team that wasn't necessarily qualified for the level of bowl game that they got into and they weren't rated higher than some of the teams that were passed up to go to that bowl game in particular, but they were passed up because they don't travel as well. So you won't, you won't have to use that or gauge that in terms of traveling in-person fans for the game as as a piece of the puzzle and choosing who you want to be in the college playoff. It's going to be purely based upon the entertainment value of viewership. So it could play in the favor of a Cincinnati and a BYU to actually be able to get into a playoff if they go undefeated. I, I guess even in, in taking Cincinnati and BYU out of this, because again, like you say, without crowds, I mean, there's not going to be a stadium full of people, obviously, then it really comes down to TV numbers. I mean, again, this is ESPN orchestrates the entire college football playoff. The SEC and ACC are under their umbrella. 
It would be interesting, though, if you had, let's say, a two-loss Clemson team versus a one-loss Oregon team or a one-loss USC team. Would they get the nod over a two-loss Clemson team? Or would ESPN say, yeah, you know what, it's it's still the ACC. Uh, Notre Dame is sort of on rental in the ACC, so they draw real – you know, I, I can just I can just hear it how this committee is going to try. I mean, Clemson and Alabama have yep. been in each have been in all but one playoff. Okay, and have had one loss. Exactly. Um, but a two loss think, Clemson yeah, team that would say, be that would be it. I don't know that you can justify two losses. No, I just don't. Not not over a a no loss team. All right. What about a one loss Oregon or one loss USC? Would they get the nod over a two loss Clemson team? Yes. Easily. Yeah. That's not even up for debate. All right. So I. But that would not. That that would would mean that. Well, and the ACC would have representation with Notre Dame. But I don't think that would happen for Cincinnati or BYU. No. No, I mean, and I agree with you. I mean, I look at it as an opportunity and a crazy season where, you know, ultimately you're going to have a playoff credibility, whatever. Credibility is always in the eyes of the holder. Central Florida is still claiming a national championship from a couple of years ago because they were the only undefeated team left. But this would, I mean, this would be an opportunity. You know, BYU is an interesting team. By the way, we're going to have our Heisman update coming up here in about five minutes. Um, They have North Alabama on their schedule today. They're already 8-0. They do not have another scheduled game until December 12th. Against Mm. San Diego State. So they are going to be off, what is that, three weeks? They're going to be off three straight weeks. In fact, BYU right now is scrambling to try to schedule someone last second. We had that situation last week with UCLA and Cal, which was scheduled on a Friday, played on a Sunday, where they're just trying to fill out their schedule. Um, Do you like this idea of just sort of last second, hey, let's get together and play a game. What do you think? You know? You're open. We're open. You want to play a game coming up on Saturday? Are you cool with that right now? Because we've seen that a couple I, I, of times already this season. For the sake of competing, I'll say yes. Mm-hmm. For the sake of how we're viewing and judging the accomplishments and the achievements, I'll say no. Because there's not a there's not a true evaluating of the team you're going to play. There's not a true preparation of the team that you're going to play. Um, it's just very difficult when you look at traditionally, you know, I'm a football purist. I'm a, I'm a fan and I'm a football purist. Right. So when but you it's look difficult at it from, being a purist this season. It, it is, and that's why I would be okay with seeing it. Yeah. So that they could compete, but to know what goes into – the amount of preparation time, mm-hmm. off-season prep, yeah. in-season prep, and then now that just goes away and changes to playing someone that you have no real knowledge about. You're just basically, in essence, exchanging film and trying to prepare for that week. As a football purist, I don't like it. Yeah, it, I mean, it is what it is, but it will be interesting to see how this whole uh, rankings work out. By the way, I never understood that. You remember the first year they had the playoff? And they said, all right, the idea is we're going to have this committee at the end of the year going to decide which four teams are going to be in the playoffs. I thought, all right, we'll see how that works. Uh, And then all of a sudden, like, in the middle of the year, they started having rankings. I'm like, what is this? 
what, yeah. what happened here? And I remember specifically that very first week because Clemson uh, was number one in their rankings when they weren't number one in the polls. And I'm like, what happened here? And then ESPN right out of the ranking show said, and don't forget this week, number one Clemson taking on. I'm like, oh, I see. It's a nice marketing tool. Right. Genius. Yeah. Genius out there. All right, we're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. On the other side, we'll get a Heisman update. But let's find out what's trending right now as David Gascon. By the way, did you hear about tomorrow, Gascon, about the food Uh-oh. that's being brought in? Or does he know about this, Sam? Has he been in the loop? Sure he, he was on the text thread. I never heard back from you, Dave. What kind of pizza you want? Oh, man. I'll uh... look at the options to get back to me. <laughs> yeah. We don't need to hash this out of the air. I'll, I'll wait and see. Mm. Steve, are you going to include Carson Strong and Romeo Dubs in your Heisman Trophy? Uh, you will get the full update coming up here in just a matter of minutes. And most people are not aware of Romeo Dubs, but he's been lighting up the Mountain West Conference. By the way, this he's got Neva- eight touchdowns in four games. This Nevada San Diego State game, which is essentially replacing a canceled SEC game. It's going to be good. Um, yeah, we'll get into that a little bit later on. It's going to be really good. Yeah, really good game. Uh, talking about games, guys. Ohio State, they've gotten things right, especially in the third quarter. Fields with the ball in his hands. Looks to throw. Tosses into the end zone. Wilson's got it for the score. Nine-yard pass play. Justin Fields to Garrett Wilson. The second time they've hooked up for a passing TD. Yeah, Buckeyes lead right now 35-14. They got lucky, too. Justin Fields moments ago through his third INT of the ball game. The safety for Indiana returned it down to the 20-yard line and got stripped, and it gave the ball right back to Ohio State. They did have to punt it, but now Indiana's got to go the full length of the field down by 21 points. Number six, Florida. They're taking apart now Vanderbilt. There's the snap back to Trask. He backpedals. He looks. He looks. He throws the ball down the field deep toward the goal line. It's going to be caught. It's a touchdown. Oh, my. Trey Grimes extending all that six-foot-four frame high in the sky, and the Gators have taken the lead. Yeah, they were down 10-7 for quite a bit, but now lead 31-10. Trask 22-29 for 317 and also three scores. Coastal Carolina finally has the lead. They lead Appalachian State 21-20. Appalachian State 6-1 this year, but Coastal Carolina is 7-0 and ranked 15th in the nation. Memphis 26-14 over Stephen F. Austin. Georgia Southern is beaten up on Army 27-21. LSU 20-14 at Arkansas. couple games about to get underway. You guys had mentioned BYU. Number 7 Cincinnati and Central Florida. Wisconsin and Northwestern. Both those teams are undefeated. The Cats right now are 4-0 this season. And then Steve's Baby Bruins of UCLA. Baby Bruins. Up in Eugene to get Oregon. That yeah. kickoff time will be at 3.30 Without Eastern. Without their starting quarterback, by the way. That's awful. Do we even know? All he did was tweet out that he doesn't have COVID. Right. What happened there? I don't know. Dwayne Thompson-Robinson is out for this. This makes it It's It's absolutely brutal. Brutal. That's that's unfortunate. Guys, uh, quick notes in the NBA. Uh, Gordon Hayward making his way from Boston to Charlotte. Four-year deal worth $120 million. And Fred Van Fleet will get a four-year deal worth $85 million to stay north of the border with the Raptors. Of course, they're playing in Tampa in 2020-2021. How about that? I, I I love this, Gavin. I just just mentioned he was out of this game. We don't have a reason why Dorian Thompson Robinson is. I thought out you of this were game. questioning uh, if he was out. No, no, no. Sorry. I already announced that he was yes. out, but he said Doesn't he didn't have COVID. Have COVID right. But we don't even have a reason why he's out of this game against Oregon, which seems bizarre. Um, 
Thank you very much, David. Once again, we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Easy to save 15% or more on your car insurance at Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. It was uh, his 21st birthday this week. Wow. So, uh, so that's been why a party. he said it was a Could party. Could have been a party. Maybe he was exposed. Contact. How about a contact, you know, contact tracing? Wow. I don't know. That. He did say on his own Twitter account he's disappointed he can't play in this game. That's a slightly significant thing. When you're a 16-point dog on the road against the Ducks, uh, to have your quarterback out of the game doesn't bode well for my Bruins. All right, it's that time. It's the Heisman Update. 10-5. Heisman Update. All right, so LeVar, it's official now. The Heisman Trust has moved back the voting deadline to December 21st, so all of the conference championship games will have been played. So it's it's like a normal year, just everything was moved back a couple of weeks. They'll actually announce the finalists on Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve will be the day that they announce the finalists on that Thursday. So each week I like to update to you where I stand. And again, it has nothing to do with today's games. It's through last week. Here is my current number three. Zach Playfake, five-step drop. He throws on the end to Rex. Another touchdown catch for Rex. He goes down and in and in for six. Isaac Rex in the end zone, and the Cougars extend the lead to 29-3. Second touchdown catch of the night for Isaac Rex, sixth of his season. BYU Sports Radio Network, Zach Wilson still in my top three. They're 8-0. He's completed 75% of his passes, 22 touchdowns, only two picks. Zach Wilson, BYU quarterback, is my current number three. Here is my current number two. Trask drops back, looks, looks, lobs the ball toward the end zone, and it's Keon Zipperer. He's got it! Oh, my! The ball floated right into the hands of Keon Zipperer! And touchdown pass for Trask. He's got five of them! Mick Hubert from Learfield IMG College. Kyle Trask has cracked my top three. 70% completion rate, a nation-leading 28 touchdown passes against only three picks. Kyle Trask, Florida quarterback, is my number two. Here is my current number one. Mack on a first and ten. Looks left, throws man behind the defense. He's got it. Touchdown, Alabama, on the left sideline. Mac Jones, Alabama quarterback. They're ranked number one. They're undefeated. He has completed 79% of his passes, 16 touchdowns, and only two picks. Now, dropping out of my top three this week, and he was my number one the last two weeks, Justin Fields, because they didn't play last week. Um, They had their game canceled. Now, that doesn't mean he can't rebound with a big win today against Indiana. And obviously for Trevor Lawrence, you know, he missed two games. He was ready to play today. That game was canceled or postponed and so, uh, yes, Sam, what do you got for us? What's going on? Well, I was going to say that you took Justin Fields off because he didn't play, but Alabama and Mac Jones haven't even played since Halloween. Yeah, I know that. But, uh, and Zach Wilson's been off for a few weeks, too, I believe, just with a bye week. With a bye week, yeah, exactly. Bye week, yeah. So no, no postponements. I mean, it's, I mean, look, it, it, it's, it's musical chairs. Ultimately, the only thing that matters at the end is, you know, when the whole season played out, I'll fill out my ballot, whoever had the best season. Um, but that's where we are right now, LeVar, as far as trying to you sort know, of figure out uh, who's the best college football quarterback I gotta, uh, in the country. I got to be honest with you. Mm. <laughs> if, if Penix wins this game today, mm. that's, he's got to shoot to the top of the board. Wow. My, what? My assessment. Oh, he's got, he has to. 
he has to shoot to the top of the board. And I got to be honest with you, the way Justin Fields is playing right now, I know he's thrown the ball away and that, you know, in a lot of cases, we, we talked about Russell Wilson throwing away the MVP opportunity by throwing all those interceptions in that, that last right. game, um, the game before this, this past game. But, uh, I think he's thrown too many too many interceptions right now. Well, he has three today. He came yes. into the game with zero. But I think he's playing well enough to offset those turnovers. But I think Penix is playing well enough for them to actually possibly try to win this game. If they're able to win against Ohio State, I, I just well, think he I mean, has changes to be in everything. Well, I yeah. mean, this game was thirty-five to seven Buckeyes early in the second half. It's now thirty-five twenty-one. A couple of touchdown passes by Penix. I mean, the quarterback comparison today is not even close. Penix is seventeen of twenty-eight, three hundred thirty-one yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Fields is fifteen of twenty-three, two fifty-six, two touchdowns, and three picks. So, I mean, it's not even close. Penix has been the better quarterback today. Yeah. Uh, and the big difference in this game is Ohio State has run for 214 yards. Indiana has negative five yards rushing in this game. So, yeah. but they're well, like you say, they're quietly, still in this game. Quietly, Penix has been the most valuable football player to mm. any team in the country thus far. All right, season. well, that's interesting. Now, you say most valuable. I mean, how do you interpret – the Heisman Trophy, when it says the best college football player, is that the most valuable college football player in the country? I think you would agree two things. It I don't shouldn't, think, it's not I don't a think cur- the best player always wins the, the Heisman, though. Correct. Okay. So, generally speaking, I would say it it crosses barriers, mm-hmm. right? Like, it crosses lanes. Some years, the best player wins the Heisman. Some years, the most valuable player to their team wins the Heisman. Right. That's yeah, I mean, I absolutely. Say. And if you yeah. go all the way back, way back in history, it's been the exact same way over the years where you're right. And really, that's the way it is in Major League Baseball when they have an MVP award. Sometimes it goes to the best player, you know, like yeah. Mike Trout wins it with an Angel team with a losing record because he was the yeah. best player. And then other years you get a guy that was, oh, well, he was sort of a, a spark plug for a team that came out of nowhere um, to have a really successful season. So that's where we stand right now as far as the Heisman is concerned. But again, I mean, by the way, for Trevor Lawrence right now, who now will miss a third consecutive game, two with the COVID, and now because the game was just postponed, um, is is there really any reason for Trevor Lawrence to continue this season? A guy that will be the number one pick in the NFL draft next year, is there any reason to risk injury, which is a risk anytime you walk on a football field? We saw what happened to Tua Tungavailoa last year. Yeah. Um, is there any reason really for him to be out there? I mean, if you were advising him, would you say, look, you know what? You won a national championship. You've had a great college career. You're going to be you the number one. one pick. He lost one. He lost last year. It's the only loss of his career that he's I ever been that, on the field. I think, I think as long as they're eligible to compete for the national title, he will probably stay in the in in the mix of wanting to play. Yeah. I think if they lose that opportunity to play for a national championship, it would not be wise for him to return. Well, I mean, the, the most likely Clemson will run out until at least the Notre Dame game and then, you know, after that if they lose that game, yeah, he's not going to if he's not in the playoff, then he's certainly going to sit out those bowl games. Do you get are you 
Are you okay with guys sitting out bowl games, which has become a uh, norm in recent years, if it you're has, not in, like, the playoff? And how do you feel about that? It has become a norm. And it's interesting because I was faced with that same scenario when I was in my last year of school. Yeah. Um, knowing that I was a bona fide top draft pick, um, if and barring anything messing up, you know, during the course of before then, uh, the off season and the, the draft, and – I had a lot of people asking me, was I going to play? Because I had injured my shoulder in the Michigan game. Um, I hit hit a train in in a hole, and my shoulder might still be on Beaver Stadium field right now to this day. It, it was such a hard hit. Um, so I don't even think my shoulder was ever the same after that. But I missed. I kind of missed the Michigan State game. I dressed, but I kind of missed it. I didn't play because I couldn't lift my arm up. And everybody was asking, you know, are you going to opt out of playing in your bowl game? There's no reason for you to play in it. And I don't know. Again, it goes back to our earlier conversation of why Florida State is struggling. My mindset was I have everything to gain, everything to prove, because my reputation is staked on how how I finish out if this is indeed my last game because I was a junior so I wanted to play. I was healthy. I felt good, and I wanted to go up against. They had uh, the running back Tombs. Um, they had they had a a really really big physical team. Sure. Texas A and M did that ninety nine year. I wanted to show what my capabilities were. So I I played. And it never was really a second guess or a third guess as to if I should want to play, if I should take this opportunity to play. Um, But I think that's very different now. I think the mindset of guys these days is very different. I think the exposure level is very different. I can't even imagine what my exposure would be if I had the career I had in college with today's technology. I don't know what what my mindset would be um, going into that moment of time. So it's a hard question to answer at this point because you need film. You need exposure. You want to have that reputation. You want to have the uh, kind of the built-in trust going into being evaluated by these pro teams that you're going to be available. You know, they said the best ability is availability, right? So – I think you run the risk of of turning some people off by opting out of playing in a bowl game if you played the season. But at the same time, I don't know that it hurts you if you're a top rated top rated prospect coming out. Yeah, I, I would say in the case of Trevor Lawrence, even if he were to announce like today coming home from a game that wasn't played against Florida State, He's- I've had it. Uh, it is not going to change his draft status. That yeah. is for sure. All right, we're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. On the other side, we're going to get into one of the big games in the NFL tomorrow. And the big question in this game will be, can it happen again? We'll break it down. Coming up. I'd and provide- I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. 
Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah I, yeah because you gotta think Love he's it. gonna guard he don't care about guarding he's gonna guard he's gonna exactly. guard like you see him in the exactly. Olympics. he's gonna guard and then on I'm top of that like that see that Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. The wait is over. The Shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com/theshy to get a fifty percent discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July fourteenth. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. The snap back to Trask. Trask backpedaling, looking, looking. Throws to the end zone. He's got a receiver. Caught! Touchdown! Tight end, Kamori Gamble. And Trask has thrown another touchdown pass, his third of the game. McHuber from Learfield IMG College. That gave Florida a 31-10 lead over Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt has scored, so it's 31-17. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Kyle Trask really is an amazing story when you think about it, LeVar. He was a guy who didn't even start in high school. He was a backup quarterback in high school. His senior year, he was a backup quarterback. And he goes to Florida. He's redshirted a year. Doesn't get into a single game as a redshirt freshman. As a redshirt sophomore, he played in three games through 22 passes last year. In his fourth year at Florida, he finally got into the starting lineup. Now as a fifth-year guy, um, he is now just one touchdown pass short of tying the all-time record for most touchdown passes uh, in the first seven games of a season. So, mm-hmm. well, you talk about a guy who paid his dues, uh, Kyle Trask. Uh, the uh, and He's a big kid. He's 6'5", 240 pounds. I mean, is this guy an NFL prospect uh, who came from such humble beginnings? What do, you, what do you see in this guy? You know, a lot of busts that rest in Canton. Mm-hmm. Have have beginnings like what you're speaking of right now. Yeah. So it, it, you know, it's not a given that you have to play the sport your entire life to be a great one. It's not a given that you you need to have a high school career and reputation. It just comes down to your ability to re- retain and and understand 
what it is that you're doing with the position that you're playing, how it applies to the total whole of the schematics of, of you know, the team you're playing on and the success that you're able to have during that course in time. And, and we talked about this as it applied to being considered an all-time great. In college, it only takes one season. Yep. To be, you know, placed in the ranks of all-time great. Well, I mean, Joe Burrow would be the prime example. I wouldn't say two, Sam. I would not say two. And the reason why I wouldn't say two is because it doesn't take two years to be able to win a Heisman. No, it doesn't. You only have to have a great year. Joe Burrow is a prime example. That's Um, correct. Speaking of a guy that's had more than one good year, that would be Patrick Mahomes. You know that this year, it's interesting, all this MVP talk, we talked about Russell Wilson. We, You know, there's been all this MVP talk. uh, Now, uh, Kyler Murray, before their loss to Seattle, after the big Hail Mary pass, you know. Um, how about these numbers? Uh, Mahomes this year has 25 touchdowns, one pick mm-hmm. uh, on an 8-1 and one Chiefs team. But that one loss, LeVar, was at home against a Raider team that at least that day they dominated. was the better team. They yes. were the best. That wasn't a fluke. You know, the Raiders came out in that second half, Derek Carr to Ruggs, big touchdown. The Raiders were the better team that day. Now, tomorrow night, the Raiders will host the Chiefs. The Raiders are 6-3 and three right now. They've won three in a row. Can they do it again? Yes, they can do it again. Uh, again, inter-rival, inter-divisional matchups always provide the best, the best games mm-hmm. because of the familiarity. Like, it doesn't matter how good you are. It's, they're familiar with one another, so there's not going to be any type of – you know, scary business or we're not going to perform like you're familiar. You're going to play them hard. They're going to play you hard and you're going to see who wins. They certainly have a chance to do it again. Yeah. I mean, and by the way, Gavin, Mr. Gambler, they're eight and a half point favorites on the road. The chiefs, you got one second to <laughs> oh, make I a got pick them at six and a half. All right. We got more college football on a Saturday coming up next. Another busy Saturday in the college football world. Hartman and Arrington with you. We are coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Well, the biggest story of the day in college football is not a game going on. It's a game that did not happen today. That would be number four Clemson on the road against Florida State, expecting the return of Trevor Lawrence and did not Happened. The game was postponed when a Clemson player tested positive this morning for COVID-19. So Clemson goes home. Florida State breathes a sigh of relief. Uh, <laughs> two and six on the season in a rough year for Florida State. But Clemson uh, and Florida State, we'll see if they can actually reschedule the game. Number five, A&M, LeVar, uh, supposed to host Ole Miss. That game was postponed. Uh, number 12, Miami, hosting Georgia Tech. Didn't happen today. Marshall against Charlotte. Didn't happen. Texas on the road against Kansas. Didn't happen. Um, so this is this has been the story week after week after week in college football. And we've just had to uh, make do with this. I mean, you know, it's – uh, I, I would imagine at some point, you know, not that you ever wish ill will on any franchise, but I'm, pro- I'm probably you never wanted this season to start for your Penn State team the way this thing has played out at 0 and 4. Oh, I, mean, I you know, know what I know now. I mean, oh, wow, we could have took this year off. Uh, is it true? Uh, wait, wait, wait. We have taken this year off. You have taken this year off. <laughs> yes. Uh, d- is this any reflection on James Franklin as a coach? Has to be. Wow. I can't. I can't. 
I can't allow my personal feelings to have me answer that question any differently. Mm-hmm. I still have to do my job first, right? Everybody has to do if, – if you're doing your job the way you're supposed to do your job, you got to do your job first. I'm not going to sacrifice my professional – uh, integrity and and reputation by saying he's not held accountable for an zero and four start. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's the head coach. We went. I wouldn't say he wasn't. He's not held accountable for getting that six year extension that paid him uh, quite a pretty penny. Mm-hmm. You know. So what's good for the goose is is most certainly good for the gander. Yeah, and the argument that, well, this has been a, a weird year. It's a weird year for everybody. In yes. fact, you know, I, I I, I really marvel. I mean, just take a, think about Clemson today, right? Dabo Sweeney, um, you head down to Tallahassee. You're ready to get ready for the game. And then day of, get a positive test. You're going home. Yeah. So you've spent the entire week getting your team ready for this game as a coaching staff, getting your players in the right frame of mind, for the game, it's game day, and then they pull the plug. I mean, you talk about that's debilitating that, emotionally and mentally. I I can only imagine. I mean, I mean, look, you you've obviously played, you've been coaching. I mean, from a coach's standpoint, I mean, we always talk about player standpoint, especially young players. I mean, they're a little more resilient, I would imagine, being young, but not a hundred percent. But what about? coaching i mean you put all this effort you get a game plan together you're ready to roll and you get your team ready mentally physically for the game and then they pull the plug and now all of a sudden you got to get ready for the next game and especially the way this has played out this year there's no guarantee remember houston had their first three games postponed this year, yeah. they had three straight weeks uh, how where it happened. Yeah, how and how do, do you prepare? prepare? And how do you restart players after you had them all revved up, ready to go? I mean, let's put your coach's hat on. How do you handle this? It's it's, it's very difficult. You you have to maintain the same approach and the same process mm-hmm. because you don't want to turn this into a an environment of so much. So much uncertainty and and so much of a uh, a deviating from the norm that you can't recover from it. So as a coach, I would I would te- I would challenge my guys to challenge themselves and us as coaches to be accountable to one another to maintain the same approach. Um, we all know that that success comes in positive, consistent preparation, perfect preparation. It's not just preparing. It's not just being consistent. It's got to be perfect preparation and, and perfect consistency. We, even within the shortcomings of it, you still have to be preparing as if you're trying to, to play the perfect game. And the biggest, the biggest, challenge for coaches and players are to prepare at that level day in and day out week in and week out and when you prepare that way and then your game is canceled and you've already flown there that's that is difficult that's difficult to adjust to it happens more than once in consecutive weeks it's more difficult to conceptualize what's taking place and then to go through a bloody Tuesday, as as we called it when I played, uh, 
which probably isn't the same anymore. But, you know, Tuesdays are the worst practices. They're the longest. They're the most grueling and most challenging practices that you're going to have during the week. Wednesdays aren't far off. Um, They're up there. So to have gone through two or three Tuesday and Wednesdays with no games, there's just it just creates a level of uncertainty that really you could you could attribute low low morale and and low focus to them you know having a poor showing once they get an opportunity to play. Yeah, you know, it's I was talking to uh, a guy that is involved in uh, the gambling establishment. Okay. And I was asking him if there was any pattern about teams that are coming off a canceled game, how they are faring in their next game. And he said, you know, early in the year, it seemed to be a benefit. But then let's go back to last week. So you had Cal, whose first game was canceled against Washington. Then they find out their game against Arizona State had been canceled. And then immediately – they agreed to play, agree to play UCLA, who was not on their schedule, two days later. And Cal came in with a little hype. In fact, Cal was a two-and-a-half-point favorite at the Rose Bowl against a UCLA team that looked awful in their first game against Colorado. So what happened? UCLA blew the doors off, 34-10 to 10 UCLA. So what happened there? Was it that you know Cal is, you know, hadn't played a game? I mean, I'll, I'll put an example. Utah has yep. not played a game yet. They are hosting USC today. Now, USC, Clay Helton's got good fortune on his side. I mean, the way they've won those first two games against Arizona State and Arizona, where the ball just seems to be bouncing their way at the end of those games, has been extremely fortunate. But 2-0 and is 2-0. and yep. But you got Utah at home. And by the way, I believe in the last seven games in this series between SC and Utah – The home team has won. So when you look at that matchup, USC on the road, 2-0 against a Utah team that hasn't played a game yet. Mm -hmm. How how do you see a matchup and the mentality of these two teams? Is Utah just chomping at the bit? I mean, they're fresh. They haven't played a game yet. Um, Or is the advantage to USC that even though they haven't played great, have figured out a way to pull out a couple of games? How, How would you sort of, you know, I don't know, Look at a game like that where, uh, a, you know, 0-0 Utah team hosts 2-0 USC. The team that has more game reps has the advantage. Even if they're losing, they have the advantage because they have game reps. Mm-hmm. So they will be playing at a different speed than Utah just because you cannot simulate game reps right. without a game. So they will be – now, what I will say is is if Utah is able to be a much better team than them in this game, that's because they were just a much better team. Right. And you're going to see that play out if that's the case. But the advantage has to easily go go the way of the Trojans because they've gotten real game reps, real game planning, real game execution, everything that's connected to the approach of the game week – um, they have the advantage. Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting there. Uh, by the way, Indiana's back in this game again. This has been a crazy game. So Ohio State was 7-7 early. Ohio State starts blowing them out. They scored a touchdown right at the start of the second half to go up 35-7. Indiana then got two quick scores to get back in it. 
and then Ohio State misses a field goal. So Indiana's got the ball down 14, and Penix throws a pick six. But now he's come back with his fourth touchdown pass of the game. Uh, Penix, by the way, has 407 yards passing in this game against Ohio State. Yeah. I mean, this this kid is definitely playing great right now. Ohio State had a big kickoff return that was nullified due to a holding call. So we still got 11 minutes to go in this game. Ohio State leading 42 to 28. I mean, we talk a it's lot a about game. we talk a lot about Penix in India. Are, are we seeing? Because we we always look at Ohio. Let's State. Let's not get carried away. Let's not get. Car- uh, I know I, we're exactly where you're about to go. Well, I'm asking you: is no. is Ohio State maybe a little overrated? Or no, no. I mean, I know they're loaded with talent. I mean, it's like ridiculous. <laughs> they are talent. not overrated. Okay. So this Ooh. is more about Indiana being better yes. than a lot of people have given them credit for being. Yes, absolutely, 100%. Got to give them their propers. And and interestingly enough, some some very critical mistakes during the course of this game. That interception by Indiana that's fumbled in the red zone mm-hmm. of, of Ohio State, this, this game might be a one-one touchdown yeah. game and then you had a pick six so two. so then you have a i mean some really really major mistakes that yeah. are costing them and they're still in the game look, look at this uh ohio state has 263 yards passing 266 yards rushing okay that's pretty good balance right there indiana has 407 yards passing negative five rushing that's not good balance Okay, it's I'm just I'm I'm looking at him like I'm doing the numbers crunch. That doesn't look like good balance in your offense. I agree. But that him that only makes what Penix is doing even more remarkable <laughs> is that they have zero. I mean zero running game uh, against Ohio State. So 42-28. There's a timeout right now. 11 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. We'll continue to update you on that game. All right, we're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. There was a scheduling change today in college football that may benefit two teams that you haven't seen. Oh, yeah, you haven't seen these teams all season long. We'll tell you about that game coming up next. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest 
Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Penix takes the snap. He steps up. He fires downfield. There's Freifogel. And he made a catch. A flag is thrown. And Ty Freifogel takes it to the end zone. Touchdown, Indiana. Unbelievable. Wow. Don Fisher, Learfield IMG College. We were just talking about this game, and now what? Indiana, 56-yard touchdown pass, Penix to Freivogel. It is 42-35 now, Ohio State. Penix, fifth touchdown pass of the game, fourth in the second half. He has 477 yards passing, five touchdowns, and there's still 10 and a half minutes to go. So we very much have a game going on right now. What At the do? shoe, Ohio State trying to hang on now up 42-35. This was 35-7, to three minutes into the second half, and Indiana scored four touchdowns. And by the way, the only score for Ohio State in the second half after that first touchdown was a pick six. What do so you do that's with it. If they win? I'm telling you, stay tuned. Stay tuned. My Heisman update next I'll be, week. I'll be excited to Look, hear if, it. Look, if they, they overcome, if they were to win this game down 35 to second and a half time, first of all, in the second, early in the second, it's one of the greatest comebacks in history. Uh, but this, if, if you weren't sure about Michael Penix Jr., forget it. You should 24 be of sure. 42, 477 yards, five touchdowns. Yeah. You should on be the sure. road. Against Ohio State. He doesn't have a pretty ball either. It's not the prettiest deal, but he's just effective. And, and you know, his confidence level and, and his understanding of the game is, is, is really high. You can tell he's got a real high IQ, but he's also a fearless competitor. And I saw that against us. I saw it last year. I just, you know, I think he, I think he is under underrated, and I, I kept wondering – is he the real deal? And he continues to have the same results week in and week out. There is a game that is going to be on today, and it's got the lead crew of CBS. Okay, so when you think about CBS college football coverage, you think SEC. And they had a game that was canceled. So they decided instead of an SEC game, Brad Nessler, Gary Danielson, their top team, is heading to Reno, Nevada today in a game that's going to be kicking off in less than 10 minutes as Nevada, undefeated, will be taken on San Diego State. Um, and Nevada's quarterback is Carson Strong. Now, if you don't know about this guy, Carson Strong, he is putting up some mind-boggling numbers already this year. 
San Diego State, of course, Brady Hoke taking over for Rocky Long as the head coach. They stumbled against San Jose State, but how about these numbers? San Diego State is fourth in the nation in rushing offense. They have a running back named Greg Bell, who's had at least 100 yards rushing in every game. Their defense is just lights out. They are second in the nation in total defense, third in the nation in passing defense, going against the number two passing offense in Nevada. I mean, what does it mean for schools like Nevada and San Diego State, who've got some pretty good players on these teams, to get this opportunity to get the spotlight on CBS with their lead broadcasting crew and a game kicking off in less than 10 minutes? Yeah, I think it's a great, great thing for both teams. I think it's a great, great thing for college college football. I mean, if you know about San Diego State, you know about the Aztecs, there have been some really, really awesome players. I can mm-hmm. recall being influenced in the way I played my game and wore my uniform because of Marshall Folk. So sure. uh, there's there's some tradition and there's some history connected to those, those teams. Uh, so for them to have an opportunity, a lot of teams, you know, I, I, we saw Liberty take on Virginia Tech. Sure. We're seeing like, you know, Coastal Carolina. We're, we're seeing some – some pretty good teams out there that have been pretty good for for years um, that are getting opportunities to get some national national exposure on on television. So under the circumstances, it's pretty cool to be able to see some of these teams that you hear so much about in the news, but you don't really get a chance to see them play. Um, have these opportunities. Yeah, so that game will kick off. By the way, BYU has jumped uh, on North Alabama early as Zach Wilson has shown yet another touchdown pass. So number eight, uh, BYU looking to go 9-0. and And again, they don't have another game scheduled after today until December 12th against San Diego State. So uh, they're trying to get some of their work done. I have yet to uh, get an answer from you. Uh-oh. About the situation with Jim Harbaugh at Michigan. Uh, last week, taking on Wisconsin, they were down 27 nothing at halftime. That was the biggest. Was that 27 nothing or was it more than 28 to nothing? Whatever their halftime deficit was, was the biggest halftime deficit at home for Michigan ever since yeah. they opened Michigan Stadium back in 19. 19- 27 they just are they are not competitive right now what do you what do you think do you think Michigan is going to hang on to Jim Harbaugh they're going to buy him out I mean why is he having so much trouble in Michigan it was 28 nothing in halftime it also was their biggest home loss final margin was what 49 to 11 uh since 1935 um so what do you make of the Harbaugh situation? Why hasn't it worked? And what do you think they're going to do with him? I don't I don't know what they're going to do with him. I think it's hard to get rid of such a quality coach, even though he's not getting the results that you're looking for. Uh, but he's one of those guys where he has had the time to to build the the program and and build a winner. These are it, his players now. These are his players. You have no reason not to be more competitive than what they are right now. So I would have to assume that his his clock is has started to tick and the based upon the success or failures of the rest of the season will dictate if he's if he's back or not. I think he's definitely hot enough on the seat where 
depending on how they finish out, could dictate if he's back or not. I mean, when you look at his record, this is his sixth season. In the previous five years, they have not been in the Big Ten championship game. They've lost all five years to Ohio Ohio State. State. They've lost four straight bowl games. Um, And now they're sitting at one and three. And in the last two weeks, they just have been absolutely crushed. So, I I don't know. It's it's weird. Uh, Do you think there's a home for him Back in the NFL, could you see a scenario where an NFL team reaches out and brings him in? I mean, let me let me give you an example, like the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, with the Bengals, with the young quarterback saying, hey, we have an opportunity to bring in a guy like Jim Harbaugh, who had obviously success with the 49ers. Would that be a good fit for this guy? It's possible. Listen, some coaches are – built for college some coaches are built for for pros and you know you look at Nick Saban he had some success some good success at the pro level but he's built for college yeah you know so there may be uh it may be a situation where Harbaugh is just better suited coaching adults and you know working with teams that have salary caps and, and it just being business versus it being a you know, a college where there has to be more feelings and emotions invested into these these young men. So it's possible he could end up back on, on the NFL scene. But I will also say that there are a lot of qualified coaches that are in the, the pro ranks right now that you would have to assume they're going to get first looks before a failing coach from a college level. Right, and and he, he did seem to be the guy that was good anywhere. I mean, he started at University of San Diego, of course, yeah. his father being a coach. What he did at Stanford was absolutely remarkable. What he did at Stanford, completely yep. flipping around that program, yes. uh, and then he does it, obviously, with the 49ers. But the biggest problem there is quarterback. I mean – you know, you have Joe Milton, who'd been in the program for a couple of years. He gets an opportunity this year to become the starting quarterback. So you feel like, all right, he he, he knows the system. He was recruited, big kid, 6'5", 240. He's got, he, he looks like he, he would be a really sick. And he, the guy just he hasn't done anything this year. Big, big 10 is a different animal than the Pac-12. Mm. And as far as him having success at the pro level, uh, you can't take anything away from that. You can't take anything away from that accomplishment, but the only thing you can say is he's been removed from the game for quite some time. And you can't assume that him failing at, at Michigan would would still equate to him coming back after all this time and being successful um, at the pro level. So right. that that that's a big question mark. All right, now we're looking at Ohio State driving down the field. We're about the five-minute mark. Justin Fields kept it on third and short inside the 10-yard line was stopped. So they have a fourth and one right now. Clock is ticking. So we'll see what Ohio State does. Will they go for the field goal to extend the lead to 10, or will they go for the first down? We're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Let's find out what's trending right now as we welcome back David Gascon, who's all hyped up for Nevada San Diego State. Hello, sure. Dave. Yeah. What's up, guys? Yes. Uh, I'm actually kind of curious what UCLA is going to do today, too. They got Oregon here in about five minutes yeah, from now. Without their quarterback, uh, Justin Fields just threw the ball away incomplete. Okay, he wasn't wow. throwing the ball away. Well, <laughs> it was just a bad pass. Well, he was getting hit. He went down, and wow, Indiana's going to get the ball back. On fourth down and one. I'm mad that, that – 
my TV is on delay. But oh, I'm sorry, we've spoiled it for it's you. Right. No, no, uh, it's all right. Well, Fields, right. Uh, it was it, they went for it on fourth and one. He, he looked like he was doing a little rollout, and he was getting hit, and he threw the ball and sailed over the receiver's head. So there is, you go. Is this Dave or Steve? It's, it's all I'm, doing. I'm, I'm just doing commentary right now. I, uh, that I'm is Mr. amazing. Good. I'm just talking about. I'm watching because I'm watching the replay. I'm we're yeah. ahead of you, so that's what I'm doing. Super, right, super I'm stepping back. Blowing. It's all gas gone now. All all right. Come on, we'll David. Tell you guys how we got there too. Penix takes the snap. He steps up. He fires downfield. This Fryfogel and he made a catch. A flag is thrown and Ty Fryfogel takes it to the end zone. Touchdown, Indiana! Unbelievable. Guys, this is a, a quite a ball game. And, of course, Indiana down right now, 42-35. Michael Penix Jr. on the day, fellas. LeVar, you'd mentioned him being thrown into the Heisman Trophy uh, dogpile. And even in, in a loss, if they do lose this game, check out his figures so far. 24-42, 4-77, and five touchdowns. Now, the one INT hurt because it was a pick six. True. But nevertheless, five touchdowns to the one INT. They do have the football, all three timeouts remaining, and all the action is available. And on they will books. go for two points. <laughs> I know this wow, for certain. Wow, they'll go for the win. Wow. They, I, they will should. go for two. Yeah. Yes. See what happens. They uh, can't stop them, though. Right. Indiana is about to win this game. They got a long way to go on this drive. Though. They cannot stop their offense right now. Mm. We'll find out what happens. I don't know. Guys, number six, Florida just took apart Vanderbilt 38-17. to Vanderbilt's now 0-7 on the year. Coastal Carolina just got a pick six. That'll seal things up. They're going to improve to 8-0. They lead Appalachian State 34-23. There's about 80 seconds to play in regulation. LSU leads at Arkansas 27-24. Razorbacks had the football at the Tigers' 46-yard line with a minute 55 to play in regulation. BYU, eighth ranked in the nation at a perfect 8-0, leads North Alabama 7-0. Cincinnati, seventh ranked in the nation, is at Central Florida. They'll kick off in a couple minutes from now. From now. Also, Wisconsin, Northwestern, UCLA, and Oregon. In the National Football League, Joe Mixon's been placed on IR by the Bengals. He'll be out for at least three weeks. Same thing with the Titans and Jadavion Clowney. Patriots have activated tailback. Sonny Michelle off of injured reserve. Fellas, closing minutes, back to you. All right, David, thank you very much. Once again, we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Easy to save 15% or more in the car insurance at Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. All right, Indiana had a third and 10, and and Penix just got sacked. So they're, they're a miles away right now. The clock is running inside four minutes. Now they have a fourth and long, and they are going to kick. So just like that, uh, Indiana, Ohio State showed up defensively, and uh, Indiana obviously has to pump stop. right now. Big stop. Yeah, so big stop. so uh, fourth down for Indiana, about 340 to go uh, in the fourth quarter. They will punt, and now obviously they're going to have to – okay, here's the punt right now. They get the punt off, and it's not a great punt. Maybe he gets a roll, does get a roll. All right, so this ball is going to be down inside the third, between the 30 and 35-yard line. Ohio State will start there. There is 3-10 to go in the fourth quarter of Buckeyes leading this game 42-35. I would agree with David Gascon. As a Heisman voter, Penix is absolutely in the mix, whether they win or lose this game. 25 of 45, 488 yards, five touchdowns. 
Ironically, he has one pick, and right now that one pick is the difference, the difference in, the in the game. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's unfortunate. Fields, by the way, 18 of 30, 300 yards, two touchdowns, but he threw three interceptions uh, in this game uh, for a guy who, by the way, last year, going into the playoffs, had one interception. He had 40 touchdowns and one pick last year before their playoff game, and this year he had no picks. So for Indiana to pick off fields three times in a game, it's it's never happened, obviously, uh, in his entire college career. Best Indiana quarterback to hit the NFL, Steve? Do you have a Trent Green, maybe? Trent Green. I can't think of many. Trent Green was a good quarterback, had a couple good Nate years. Nate Sudfeld's in there now. Yeah, that's uh, it's, it's a <laughs> limited Antoine list. Randall Lale. Yeah, the, the Indiana just player <laughs> list as far as impact in the NFL is limited. Let's put it that way. Um, so we're going to keep our eye on this game. Uh, as uh, By the way, uh, Big Ten is a busy busy conference today. Battle of unbeatens today. What do you think? Northwestern 4-0 taking on Wisconsin. You give the Wildcats a chance in that game. Yes. Wow. I think they're the best coach team outside of Ohio State in, in the Big Ten conference. Pat Fitzgerald's been doing it for a while. Yeah. Very well coached team. Very, very well ran outfit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm what a big Pat Fitzgerald fan. Uh, what What do you think the odds? If I had gotten odds before the season that after four games Northwestern would be four and zero and Penn State would be zero and four, if I had if I had tried to work that parlay, no way. Yeah, no way anybody would have took that bet. <laughs> it's one of those you're like you throw it out there and say, what kind of odds would you? Gavin, you're always good on these odds. What would they have given you on that one to uh, make a preseason bet? I'm gonna, I'm going to do a parlay. I'm going to do Northwestern will be four and zero, and Penn State will be zero and four. I mean, that would be like fifty to one. <laughs> by the way, I did do a live bet. I waited for Ohio State to be favored by only seven and a half. Yes, but now we're approaching two minutes, and uh, they're only up by seven. I yes. don't know if I'm going to get the kick or anything. All right, well, Ohio sure State, uh, we got 250 to go right now in the fourth quarter. They're going to pull it out, but I don't, I'm not confident that they're going to pull it out, but they're going to. Oh, wait a second. That's, you that's like both sides of my going mouth, to. Right? I was going to say you said, <laughs> I'm not confident, but they're going to pull this out. Yeah, I'm not confident. That sounds that confident they, that you said that. I think they will pull it out, but I'm not confident that they will. All right, well, here it is. It's third and four right now. We got 225 to go in the fourth quarter so this is it. Ohio State, if they get a first down, obviously they can run a lot more clock. So third and four, they're at their own 38-yard line. They're going to run the ball, and they get the first down, just like that. Oh, so that's the game. That is it. Yeah, that's the game. Was that uh, was that Teague? Was that our guy Teague? Probably. Master Teague. Master Teague. 172 yards, two touchdowns on the day. That's so uh, Indiana has a couple timeouts, but the clock is running now. 210-208. Here we go. Uh, Ohio State with a first down. So at some point, they're going to have to stop this clock, uh, Indiana, if they want to get back in this game. Uh, by the way, do you own a renter home? Sure you do. Fortunately, Geico makes it easy to bundle your home and car insurance. Good thing, too, because having a home is hard work. Go to Geico.com. Get a quote. See how much you could save. Geico.com. It is easy. Uh, while this game has been uh, an amazing matchup, a game that had some intrigue early uh, no longer does, as expected, Florida 
uh, blowing out Vanderbilt. Mm. Of course, Vanderbilt came into this game winless. Vanderbilt uh, Florida, needs Geico insurance right now. Uh, yeah, thirty-eight yeah. to seventeen final score. Florida uh, moves to six and one on the season. Kyle Trask on the day uh, was twenty-six of thirty-five, three hundred eighty-three yards, three touchdowns, and no picks. So he is it's not bad. Very much in that Heisman chase. Yeah, that is for bad. sure. Uh, how about Illinois? Uh, on the road against Nebraska. Nebraska finally got a win, and they get throttled at home by Illinois. Your your favorite coach, Scott Frost, uh, yeah. getting hammered by a 1-3 Illinois team in Lincoln. That doesn't look After good. After beating Penn State, go figure it out. Yeah, I mean, right. boy, Penn State really must be bad. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I'm watching Nebraska. I mean, I'm watching Nebraska. Like they they they're they're bad. Ugh. And they beat your Penn State team. I mean, beat up on yeah. our Penn State team. I mean, we came back, made it a game, but yeah. they beat up on us pretty quickly early on. Yeah. Uh, oh, Steve, it's so depressing. I'm sorry to hear that. We're about to play. And you know Dave did his update and did not even mention the Iowa-Penn no. State game. Well, did you that's because that? uh, both teams are unranked. Yeah, it's not, it's not important. <laughs> it was unimportant enough to update as one of the – games on slate to play it's i'll tell good. you what i'll tell you what uh gascon's doing right now he's watching this uh nevada san diego state game yeah right there on cbs sports brad nessler <sighs> Go gary figure. danielson by the way gary danielson is so hated by sec fans he's a big 10 guy right i mean and they just it, it, it's amazing sec fans if you're not like all in on the sec then you are just on the outside. I'm not all in on the SEC. Well, then you're on the outside. I will be on the outside. Yeah. You have maintained many times on this show that the Big uh, Ten is if better. You, the Big Wow, that is just it. You just said it. Big better. Ten is better. So, uh, all right, watching San Diego. I love San Diego State's helmets. Big Ten is so much better. I'm watching Iowa warm up as they push each other into the end zone mm -hmm. and, and warm ups, and I can't help but to think that they're just going to push us around the same way they're pushing each other around in their warm ups. All right, here's where we are: Ohio State, yeah. Indiana. So we got a minute and a half to go in the fourth quarter, and now it's third and thirteen. For Ohio State. So, Indiana still has a shot There's right now. There's still a chance. But There's still a chance, but obviously this is it. This is their last stand as we got 134 to go in this game. And Ohio State leading 42-35. They got a third and 13. So, let's check out this play right now. We're going to keep it right here as uh, Michael Penix Jr. on the sidelines just praying, give me one more chance, give me one more chance, one more chance. They're going to run the ball on like third Biggie and 13, then, and they get no gain. However, Indiana is out of timeout, so the clock is running. Run. Yeah. It's going to run down to about 40-something seconds, and Ohio State will be punting on fourth and 12. All right, we're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. We'll get to the finish of this game Plus, set you uh, up for all the other games coming up. Coming up next. Nick. So you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> yeah! Yeah! Hi, here we go. Steve Harbin, LeVar Arrington with you. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Boom, 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 boom. Indiana. Boom, boom. Is down to a final play. All right, 42-35, Ohio State, incomplete pass, five seconds to go. Indiana's a long way away. They're going to have a chance for one final play. 
Hail Mary, hook and lateral. We'll find out what happens. Want to thank Iowa Sam, uh, who is predicting big win for the Hawkeyes today against I the winless so. Penn State. Did you say that? I never said that. Yeah, he's oh. thinking it. I can tell. Um, we have David Gascon, who's focused in on the San Diego State-Nevada game right now. Oh, All right, here's geez. the hook and lateral play. Here we go. Indiana, boy, they've been working on this. This was quite a game. Look at this. All right, they got it on one side of the field. They're on about their fifth lateral, and there it goes. Ohio State's falling there, on the ball. There it goes. There it goes. There it goes. Game over. The game Ohio is State over. has defeated uh, Indiana 42-35. to Not good news for Gavin. Uh, who took the seven and a half, and uh, they did not cover. It's so funny because it I waited all that time for the line to get down to something I was comfortable with, mm-hmm. and uh, just the hook. Well, they had a 28-point lead, but Indiana came back. So Penix in the game finished with 495 yards passing and five touchdowns. Unfortunately, his one interception was a pick six that turned out to be the difference in this game. So Ohio State moves to 4-0, and the Hoosiers are now 4 and one, but prove themselves a worthy opponent today for the Buckeyes. No question about that. Penix, Penix solidified his campaign. Oh, yeah. I don't know what it means for him in the future in terms of the next level, but as a college quarterback, that's, I mean, he's done the best job against Ohio State of any team so far this year. Well, and again, and you know this as well as anybody, I, I always look at it this way. Like when when people talk about, a guy having great success in college and it doesn't translate to the NFL. Well, he was he wasn't that good in college. That's, that's not, it's two different sports. Mm-hmm. They really are. This is why mm-hmm. I'm always happy that there is a college football Hall of Fame. Yeah. There's a pro football Hall of Fame. I mean, yeah. Ty Detmer was one of the greatest college quarterbacks of all time. Correct. And he held a clipboard for 14 years in the NFL. Why? Because he was a pretty smart guy. He just right. didn't have the physical tools to play yeah. in the NFL. In the league, yeah. Yeah. So it's a much smaller talent pool. There yeah. is. And yeah. then you get guys that sometimes didn't do all that. I mean, go back to Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I mean, Texas Tech w- lost more games than they won when he was a quarterback. Now he comes in the NFL, Super Bowl champion, MVP. They're 8-1 and one this year. What was the difference? Some are saying greatest quarterback of all time. Could well be. He'll have an opportunity to prove that. He's going to be – he's already the highest-paid quarterback of well, all time. Well, that is true. Yeah, he's going to that be making true. a whole lot of money. But uh, football is one of those, uh, again, right place, right time, right system. And that's yeah. not just for quarterbacks. It's just about for everybody, as uh, Michael Thomas may find out with uh, Taysom Hill throwing him the ball this week. Yeah. Or not throwing him the ball. I, I, my fantasy team. This I, I would not be surprised if Jameis Winston goes in very quickly. To, to say starter could just mean he runs out on the field first. <laughs> I mean, I'm just being honest. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's not and like. And I think that that's why. I think that's more why Sean Payton took offense, uh, took exception to being called out is because I don't know how much he plans on playing Taysom Hill as, you know, in terms of reps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm watching your uh, Nittany Lions right now. Yeah, and, how do you uh, feel about it? It doesn't look good. Ohio okay. State is like uh, – Iowa is running downhill right now, already inside the 30-yard line. Yeah, I can see that. Um, so, I mean, are the problems only on offense? I, I mentioned the fact that Penn oh, no, State's given up sides. over 30 points in every game this year. Yeah, it's both sides of the ball. I don't know why they're underachieving so so horribly. I, I have no idea. It, it just yeah. – it looks like it's poor – things going on I don't, I don't want to be 
Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just ew. I mean, it's it's always tough. I mean, for instance, I'm a UCLA guy, right? And and our football program has been so irrelevant for so many years. I mean, I it's it's been a long time, and when your school is not relevant, it just sort of takes the air out of the whole season, does it not? You know the cool thing about football, you got to have guys, a guy. You got to have a guy that's willing to change games. Yeah. And then you got to have guys that see that and and see themselves possibly being a game changer and, and see the mentality of it. Like, you see that play out on the field. You can't fake that. You can't fake it. And that's what I love. Like, I love that about football. Like, because mm-hmm. you can see that at every level. I have a question for you. What you got? Not college football. Okay. Monday night, yep. Rams at Tampa. Who do you nice, like in that game? Nice game. I, I mean, like you got that Ram defense, man. Yeah, it's I like the Rams. Woof. Well, and the, and the Rams' offense isn't so shabby this year either. But uh, their defense is carrying. Even Sean yeah. McVay has said, man, it's, it's our defense wrong. is carrying us right nothing now. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, you know. I think Jared Goff is having a good year. Yeah, better than last year, that's for much, sure. Much better. And Tampa, where are you with them right now? Uh, I think that they're a good team. I think they're a good team. Are I don't they, think they're uh, a great team. Are they Super Bowl bound? Right now, who's no, your best team in the NFC? Uh, in the NFC, probably Seattle. Really? Well, they bounced back against Arizona after that disaster the week before yeah, um, against Buffalo. Um, Seattle. Who you think in the, in the NFC? I, you know, that's a great question. I don't know. I, I keep wanting to think that Green Bay's in the mix. Green Bay's yeah, got an interesting game tomorrow. Some, but they'll lose games that you don't want to see them lose. Well, I mean, they got blown out by Tampa in that one game. I, yeah. And, again, the Saints are – Yeah, I don't know about I mean, the But without Breeze, for, see how they hold up over the next three weeks without I Breeze. Think, yeah, I if they think can I survive you, that. I think I gave you the safest pick. I, I'll just put it this way. It could have been a debate between them and Arizona. and you saw that, you know, Yeah, they, Arizona's not ready for prime time yet. No, I will no. say this, though. It will definitely not be a team out of the NFC East. Okay, I'm going uh, out on the limb. Uh, that's I'm going a limb. out on the limb. Have uh, a great day, Lamar. We'll talk right, to you, you down too. the road. All right, Steve. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 
Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.